What's up, everybody? I'm Alex at generalgeibel.com. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Heart Dance Producer Network podcast. My guest today is Heart Function. He's a very new and fresh raw style producer from Switzerland. Despite his quite young career, he already achieved quite a lot of great things. Among those achievements, he made a remix for... I don't know if I can even say it, if it's out or not, but for one of the legendary raw style artists, he was booked for DEFCON 1 this year, which unfortunately got cancelled. He made quite an impact already and had a lot of interest from all different sides of the business of raw style, I would say. <laughs> I've been told that I'm talking too much, so I'm gonna keep it very brief. We're going right into the interview. Welcome, Heart Function. You're listening to the Hard Dance Producer Network, the number one producer podcast for the harder styles. Hosted by General Geibel. All right, tell us a little bit on how did you get into the business? How was your beginning as Hard Function? My beginning? Yeah, we started as a duo was um, my friend that was listening to... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was my uh, was my friend that was listening to raw style and hard style and everything. And uh, he showed me that music. And I was like, I was always interested into making music, so why not hard style? And then I bought, like every new producer, uh, a laptop <laughs> with some little speakers and I started to make something. So, so it's about five years ago now, yes. Five years ago. And you started initially with hard style or already like more the raw sound? Um, well, I think back then the raw sound was not really that specified as raw style. So I just wanted, wanted to make hard style, I guess. Yeah, I, I used uh, normal hard style sample packs and kicks. Yeah. and try to um, remake them or make a track out of it yes yeah yeah back then like five years ago yeah, 2015 raw style was more like a slow version of hardcore yes so, right yeah, yes. Yeah, it was like you know the mainstream hardcore like anger fist it was just a 150 bpm version that yes yes like yes yeah. exactly that's why the, the extra raw was not then uh, not there then so yeah and when did the switch happen from like more the hard style sound to the more like x raw or raw in general well i guess it started with um with the cubebox sounds mm -hmm. i think uh, rebellion with their old tracks uh, i remember there was um, a contest for a radical event and it's the first time i heard actually the mix of rebellion set so it was the first time i really heard um this kind of more raw thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that back then it was also on 155 BPM. Yeah. Everything is now on 160. So we're yeah. going back to hardcore slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it also took a while until everything went to 155. So yes, I think yes. like it, it, it started like around 2016, maybe that couple of tracks started being on 155. And then a year later, every track was on 155, and I guess like in the past year, everything went to 160, right? 
Yeah, true. When I when I send my demos, some people always say like, "Yeah, you should do like 160 BPM. That's the real raw style." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm not really into that. I, I think 160 BPM is too fast, too fast yeah. for my style of music. Yeah. So it's I don't like it on that fast, you know. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's like five BPM. Who cares, you know? Also, but it is. But if you're gonna compare these tracks, I, I think you can hear that pretty well. Mm. Sometimes I hear tracks. I think it would be better slower, you know. Yeah, it's not faster; it's better. So, yeah. Uh, how was the learning curve back then? Because you know, I got um, quite a lot of old guys here on the podcast. You're probably one of the youngest and one of the newest. Uh, in that business and of course like a lot of the old guys they when they started they didn't even had a computer to make music with um forget about internet and youtube and tutorials and sample packs and stuff so how was the learning curve for you when you started like was it how, how difficult was it to understand like you know how to make distorted kicks and um how to arrange stuff uh, like um Obviously, you know, since you started five years ago and you are where you are, definitely the learning curve was much easier than for most of the old guys. But still, uh, like, how long did it take for you until you got to the point where you could make like a kick from scratch, which was kind of solid? I think mostly if you're gonna. If you're gonna see the tutorials, as example on uh, YouTube, they're they're always not gonna say the the full thing, because you you're trying to remake everything they say, but you you if you don't understand how you're gonna have to distort it or how you're gonna EQ it right, <laughs> just with without trying it out, you're never gonna have this solid kick. Yeah. So I think it 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 was really long a long way. Yeah. Because I also not wanted to um, rip something out and try. So I, was, I wanted to start from a 909 kick or even from a init preset of a, of um, application yeah. like Silent or Serum. So yeah, that's that was. I think um, it mostly was. If you if you're gonna do tracks quality tracks you need like quality samples and uh, these quality samples you need to to make you need to understand yeah. what is quality I think I, I made my first track in about two weeks <laughs> when I started and I thought like yeah I'm gonna send that to Dirty Works it's it's, qu it's quite good enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> and after these years of um, rejecting everything I send and I recognize that uh, what quality is and yes. that's what was mostly newcomers don't know. And I think that's the hard thing of the curve because you always think you, your son isn't. Yeah. I'm still, if, um, it's, it's, it, I think it was last year I had this point of, um, of, um, how should I say it? This, this point where you think your music is still not good enough because back then I thought every time it was the perfect time. So it's, it's perfect now it's good. And, yeah. and now if you're going to hear my kick, many people say, say like, Oh, I like your kick. It's pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's, it's still not good enough. Yes. Yes. So you're going to make a switch from liking everything to hating everything. And if yeah. you're going to hate everything, it's, um, it's, 
you're going to start um, to see what quality is and uh, three or four years to have the quality I have right now and it's still not uh, good, good it's still not perfect you know well it's it's kind of never really perfect but um that's kind of actually the uh typical progression you know when you start whatever you do everything is great you know yeah yeah <laughs> even right. though it's like the biggest pile of shit you ever heard in your life and um at some point you reach that point where you're just never happy and even if yes. people say like your kicks are good you say like yeah but like there are a million other people who make much better kicks than i do you know true and yeah. i think i think that's also a point of success you know if you're gonna test it you should never think your sound is perfect yeah we got some yes. dropouts here um i hope that will go away your Swiss internet connection sucks. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Do, 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 do you have dropouts when I talk? No. No? Okay. Uh, Sometimes it's quiet, but just for a very short time. So okay. I still understand your question. Okay. Um, if, I think if you're going to compare like the old guys you said to the new ones, it's quite easier now to get something, especially yeah. kicks, because I think in X4 Raw, it's mostly take something, put a lot of distortion on it, and you have something like a kick. Yeah. So yeah. For, for me, if, if I'm going to hear um, new tracks of newcomers now, you will definitely hear that the tutorials on YouTube are working and yeah. they know what to do. I think back then there was nothing. So they had to try things out. I think the whole progress is longer. Yeah. Now you can reach very fast something, especially if you have supplies. You can take snares, you can buy sample packs from you. Yeah. <laughs> you are a reason why uh, newcomers have, have in this time easier to um, get success in producing. Well, I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I think, I think for, for the people that are older, it's, um, it's disappointing. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, of course. They are, of course, a little bit pissed off, but they're always pissed off. And you know? the same also goes with DJing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, like when I started DJing, I started on CDJs. And the old guys hated me for that because already on CDJs it was, was much easier because you push a button and it plays. You don't need to cue it in and shit like that, you know. And if you see now the release with like the Nexus 3, I don't know if you have seen them, Dude, you no. don't need to learn DJ. Like, really, I can teach everybody who got a little understanding for music, I can teach them to DJ in five minutes, really. Yes. But so, I... And of course, it's a little bit disappointing for those dudes who've been around maybe in the 80s or in the 90s, let's say in the 90s, where also, you know, the um, turntables weren't as good and you know you had to have like really skills you had to have a really good ear and stuff and of course like they put in years and years of work and now it's worthless you know so <laughs> well i hope it will not be like uh, with producing tracks so you have a plugin that makes the track <laughs> finished <laughs> well i mean i guess at some point it will go more to the creative part because um you know let's let's face it 
now with uh, like extra raw um there are a lot of kicks in the track but except of like you know the kind of big artists and some of them some smaller artists who actually got talent but there's a lot of bullshit you know a lot of th stuff is like really meaningless just a lot of kicks you know there are also good tracks where people really also try to create like musical and interesting breakdowns and they kind of do something you also you know you also on every track you got some sort of a melody going on usually on the last part and shit so there are definitely you know a couple of guys who kind of still rely a little bit on the musical part of uh, making music um but all that kick stuff that's will become i think it will become worthless at some point because like you said uh, you take already a couple of kicks you put a, a lot of distortion now like everybody's using this kind of pogo thing and it's already sounds like a different kick and like they put 20 kicks together to a track it's kind of very technical but it's not very musical you know you, you don't need to have much talent to do shit like that you know you can yes, yes, you can yes. you know you know a lot of people hate me for saying stuff like that but sound design you kind of can learn it you know you kind of can teach it um, mm -hmm. you know it's it's a skill yeah, yeah. some people are more talented than others in creating sounds but you can teach it you know you can't teach somebody like talent you know or like you know being like having like good ideas for music and like you know creating a story with a track that's something either you got it or you don't have it and um making stuff easier with uh, samples and stuff um, makes it easier for people who got talent who may be not good in their craft of making sounds but you know they can really make something mm -hmm. well before maybe 10 years ago you can be the best guy making the best melodies in the world having the best song ideas and making the best arrangements but if you can't make a kick you're fucked so <laughs> you know you you will never uh, release a track so i guess um maybe you know at some point this will be better and coming back to what you said about the old guys it was a big problem back then because there was no information and those people haven't been sharing anything you know so that was also you know you had to figure out a lot of stuff by yourself and by accident so i think it's a good thing now that you know you can start and within five years you know you can get somewhere if you got like good ideas and create good tracks and you not really have to spend half of your life making sounds what do you think yes definitely yeah yes true true i will never be at the point now when i had to like learn everything i don't even have the time sometimes to you can you can make uh this music from start as a main job or something so we still need to work you still need to have a life yeah <laughs> but I, I still think i don't have a life <laughs> <laughs> when i when i when i look back um when i started i was like i'm coming home doing uh, music go to bed or to the gym <laughs> but that was my life so now i have a girlfriend it's uh, a little bit easier <laughs> Who, so is I'm it a little easier? bit my life back with two cats so <laughs> is, is it easier with a girlfriend i had always the opposite experience hopefully my wife's not gonna hear it <laughs> i had like the opposite experience like when i was single definitely you know i could like dedicate a good chunk of my life to making music and then but, you know you have to do shit like you know going out to eat and you know all that yeah but that is good 
I think I think if you have like other things in your life to do than producing, you you will have time to recover the creativity, or you can take from outside something to make a track out. Makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Sometimes you need to make a break. To and um, mostly the people are are going like hear some other music when they take a break or gonna hear like other raw tracks or hardcore tracks and i don't think it helps really it helps to like completely shut down the music thing yeah. then go outside go eat something yeah do something else have a life <laughs> do you listen to a lot of music i do yes Mo mostly uh, raw no not raw ditch but I, i guess many artists say like i don't listen to raw because i don't want to sound like someone else i i listen every day to raw and i okay. love to listen to to new raw music old raw music i'm completely into raw hardcore and hard stuff yeah. and um i think yes i'm sometimes i have an idea from a track that uh, already exists but if you have like your own style you can turn it into your style just in with your ideas with it And this helps me a lot to um, get out of uh, stock. Okay, cool. So you don't, you mostly listen only to the harder stuff. So yeah, it's mostly electronic dance music, I guess. I'm yeah. also a big fan of drum and bass. Yeah. So Noisha or Camel Crooked, and also um, I'm a big fan of um, how, how does it call like Hans Zimmer mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And um, let's talk about production a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about kicks because you got a very distinct type of kick on most of your tracks. Like you know, the if we're not talking about like those fancy like gated or whatever like laser kicks, like the typical raw style kick. You got a very distinct talk on on your kicks usually. Yeah. So what what is your process when you're making kicks? Like do you do same shit like everybody else kick distortion kick uh, cue distortion cue distortion or do you got some different approach on making kicks well it's 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 different you know i'm always going to start with um with a normal 909 of um and then yeah it's 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 at first time it's uh, it's the process of eq compression and um, distortion mm -hmm. but after that you're going to have like this typical kind of kick And and after that, if you have this typical type of kick, I'm going to start to layer things and try to um, face it a little bit just mm -hmm. with um, changing the, the the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how my typical kick um, was born. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, basically, while you're doing acute distortion, you bounce out layers, and those layers you throw together and move them around until it sounds yes, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. And on my on this typical kick, it's uh, it's a lot of um, compression. I I always like it. I know distortion is also kind of compression, yeah. but um, I also put like a Pro C2 on it just to to compress it a little bit more and I, yeah. i resonate the shit out of it just to get this typical yeah. resonating kick yeah some people really uh, some fans asking me if this is like a synth <laughs> yeah like a super saw i put underneath but no it's it's not it's really just resonating the shit out okay 
with, like putting a compression and pick it again on the on the key you want. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess the first time I made this kick, it was um, G. I, I made it on G, and now I'm just pitch it if uh, yes. I need something else. So is that also the approach how you create that talk? Because the talk is pretty cool that you make because that cuts through it's, everything. Like no matter where you know what melody is going on, what is going on in the track, that 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 is really always in front. So yeah. that's also just like way too crazy reson uh, resonances distorted or yeah. Yes, yeah, and always like a club kick under it just to make this kind of tick thing. Okay, and. Um, And also uh, a take thing, you know, I, I just took a, a pencil and I throw see. it somewhere and record it. And, yeah. and then I used an Oxford inflator to make it uh, zero dB, to make it fat and yes. put this underneath it. Yeah, That's cool. <laughs> uh, what, what, what are you using for like your clean 909? Use a drama zone or what's what's your source? Um, kick 2. Kick 2, okay. That's cool. And you're producing on FL Studio, right? I do. You do. What is kind of your go-to shit that you're using for your productions, like in terms of synthesizers and stuff? My go-to shit. Yeah, your go-to shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's 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 your favorite kind of synthesizers you're using? Um, well, it's it's silent. I use a lot of silent and um, contact. <laughs> Because I like these orchestral things. If you're yes. gonna hear my tracks, I hear every time like a violin or or yeah. drum, some this epic bronze thing. And um, you use uh, the the uh, factory uh, strings, or you bought some other uh, string libraries? No, I use the factory string yeah. and um, EQ it to make it sound a little bit more real. Okay, but it never gets to a real violin recording. Uh, who, who gives a shit? Well, <laughs> I, I asked, you know, the, the artist Ecstatic from Dirty Works? Rings a bell, rings a bell, yeah. They um, they told me, I asked them, how did you make that violin? It sounds so natural. And they said, no, it's not a plugin. <laughs> they recorded it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so they, they're using it. I think if I, have, if I w- will um, earn a lot of money with music, yeah. it's far away now. <laughs> <laughs> I will also start uh, trying to record everything because natural sound is the best thing you can have and it's the fattest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually true. I mean, if that's like what you're going for, like, you know, if you want, um, like, let's say you want something to sound like a real guitar, of course, the best thing is to get a real guitar player, right? Um, yes, yes. I always just feel like, you know, people over-obsess about that shit a little bit. It's like, you know, I always felt like, okay, if I don't have a real guitar, I, I don't give a shit. Then I uh, mess it up even more so it's more <laughs> obvious that it was never intended to sound like a real guitar player, you know, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> so that's, But, um, that's yes. kind of the beauty of the music we're doing because there's nothing natural. It's not natural that you take a synthesized kick and like put 60 dB of distortion on it. It's like, you know, so yeah. we don't, you know, unless it's like really the creative choice to make something sound like an orchestra, you don't have to if you don't need to, you know. <laughs> true, true. But I think especially in hard style, it's, it's, it's so fascinating to distort something. Norm- normally in music, you don't like distortion. You just want to yes. distortion away. And hard style is for me the way of taking something that is ugly 
and make it beautiful, you know, like distort something and it still sounds like music. Yes, <laughs> right. Like yeah. So that that's the the the, the cool thing in, in hard style for me. That's what also why I started because I was like, wow, okay, that's not what music theory um, is told yeah. telling us, <laughs> but yeah. they just made it and it sounds good. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, what else are you using? I interrupted you at well, contact. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, for my leads, it's a virus. I I hate it, but I still love it. <laughs> Which one you got? The T A T X. I think. Yes. Uh, you just broke up. Which one? Um, the the excess the virus T I excess two or T I two excess. T I two, yeah, yeah. T I two, yes. An older one. I bought it from eBay. <laughs> well, the T I two is still the most recent. It's old as fuck, but they never yes. came up with another one. So that's the most recent, anyway. Uh, and does it work good for you? Yeah, I need to record it and um, to a new sample of it because it's just it's causing a lot of delay because uh, it has to go from the computer yeah. to the hardware and back. And um, my CPU is also not really a big fan of the virus. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to uh, start it up, take uh, my presets or whatever I want and record it and put it in and then close it again. Okay. Where then what I also use is a lot of effects. I mean, um, equalizers for me, something I use on everything because I, I want it to, to sound it like I want, you know, so I need, yeah. still need to change things. I use a lot of compression, OTT, if you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Compression <laughs> is uh, <laughs> course. the best free plugin ever on yeah. compression. Then um, Valhalla for my reverbs. Which one? The I, room or the room? Late? Yes, yeah. I, I only use the Valhalla room. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, silent is especially for my leads. Yeah. And what else? Um, Oxford inflator. On everything is an Oxford inflator also. Yeah, it's a very popular thing for like the hard style guys. Like, yeah, because you can make it loud or zero dB without uh, crashing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also, if I'm gonna do um, a master for myself, just like for live um, mm -hmm. edits, or if I'm gonna play a track, I'm not finished. I'm not gonna send it to a mastering engineer. Yeah. So, um, using the Oxford inflator to make it loud. Right. Um, do you use Serum? Yes, but not that much. Not that much. Yeah, mostly for bass lines or um, I think plug. That's really good plug. Presets. Yeah. yeah. Are you more like the preset guy who kind of shapes the sound the way he wants, or you start like you know from an init sound and build your sounds that way? Well, I think a real producer would say now, yeah, I'm gonna start from init because this is the way you should do it. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm mostly um, searching for good presets on yeah. how Omnisphere is also a plugin I use a lot. Omnisphere is like yeah. uh, you know the Nexus plugin. Yeah, of course. So you have Omnisphere or Nexus, and I'm more the Omnisphere type. Yeah. For pads and also strings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you said like a real producer. You know, mo a lot of them are full of shit. 
like, <laughs> I, I worked I worked with uh, quite a lot of them directly in the studio, and uh, you would be surprised how little of them like really know anything about that shit, you know. So, not saying it's everybody. There are definitely some guys who are really sound design machines, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I also was always like under the impression that's what you got to do. You got to make every sound from scratch. It's kind of how I learned it because I thought that's what you got to do, but uh, it's not. No. Now, of course, I mean, to fill a track up, I always use um, presets. I think people are also not hearing it like they have. He has the same pad as he has or something. This is not something to recognize, so you don't need to make it from scratch in my opinion <laughs> but um for sound design especially for like percussion roles or something like that um that's i make that by myself mostly trying to like do something new taking a snare put a distortion on it take a reverb on it a bunch of compression and yeah. you have completely new sounds yeah. And that's how I always do my um, sound designing. I especially look for the, the little breaks between the kicks to sound design. I think that's the, uh, I also always hear in in when I hear raw tracks, I'm always listening between the kicks because between the kicks there is where you have space you can like feel something because the kick is always taking everything. You don't need to sound design around the kick. In my opinion, you can right. make a snare a hat or a snare on it. I do that also a lot, but I think mostly creativity in it or, or taking a kick and make something else. I uh, once used a kick for a screech. <laughs> I yeah. took a kick, uh, put distortion on it, and take the bass away and put a lot of reverb on it. Then you have this kind of cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, a lot of guys, um, you know, just uh, put like you know distortion and filters on their already existing kicks for like the effect sounds in between those uh, the kicks. But also you know, on a lot of productions, I just hear like lately, especially like not those um, big producers. I hear just a lot of they just throw in different kicks, which doesn't make any sense somehow, and usually also doesn't sound that good. But seems to be very popular then you know they got like one kick going and in between there's like two hits of another kick which is like sonically completely different than one but it's a matter of taste you know everybody should do what he wants <laughs> i'm not judging <laughs> <laughs> yeah i honestly i like it but i don't i don't like it if you're gonna like make a track on a on a key especially mm -hmm. uh, on f or on g the typical uh, raw yeah. style key and you're gonna if you have a resonating kick and I, I hate it if you're gonna um, make it out of key, the, the resonating kick. <laughs> yeah. So the people are. If, if I'm gonna hear this, I, I definitely understand people not understand what music is. I mean, if you have a kick on F minor scale and they're not using on a reson the resonating kick on the same key. Yeah. I think that's the point where the music, my music taste, is going away. <laughs> okay, that's, I hate that's when good. People that do that. That's good that you mentioned that because I thought that's kind of the new thing because um, I hear uh, lately quite often that also when there's a kick switch that the next kick is on a completely different key. You know, they make like a kick on F, then there's like the short break, some vocal, and then there's a new kick coming in, which is on F sharp. And I always, you know, for, for me, it sounds horrible. 
but I hear it so often that like they jump around the keys that I thought uh, that's kind of the new thing and <laughs> you know, part of it, but it's not. It's just like people don't yeah. know. Well, it was also for me, last, I think it was two years ago, I bought a lesson, producer lesson by DJ Terra. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I already had the, this resonating kick back then. And um, I was uh, showing him my demo and he was like, this key is not even in the scale. Yeah. It <laughs> <That> sounds shit. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't understand what he meant, but if you if you're gonna start like learning what scale is and learning what um what minor, what what is major, what is minor, hear it. I mean, I'm also switching the key between the kicks, especially in the resonating punch. Yeah. But um it's always in the scale. Yes. So it sounds for me right. Yeah. No, I mean, of course, like, you know, there are certain keys you can switch and you can pitch around, you know, if you're on F and you drop like, you know, eight bars with a kick on C, it's still going to work. Uh, but, um, you know, if you go from F to F sharp and like even switch up the kick, but everything else doesn't follow, that kind of doesn't make sense to me. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about melodies a little bit because you definitely don't neglect melodies. There are like a lot of guys who are like really, you know, from their heart, hashtag no melody, you know, and um, that seems to be a very popular thing in the past years. In Raw Style, uh, you still, I, I can't really think of any one track of you where there was no melody or no melodic part going on in that. So, First of all, do you see a problem or do you see like, you know, that maybe you kind of don't gain as much popularity because you stick to melodies and don't follow what's going on? Is, is, or do you, do you see there's no difference? Like if nobody's doing melodies anymore, but you still do? Well, for me, um, the melody parts are the parts where I can put my emotions in. I think if I want to give someone a message behind my tracks, I do want to put emotions in it to make this track special, to make this track more sounds like me. And uh, if you, I can't put emotion in a kick, you know. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this kick is sad. I had yeah. <laughs> Every no. time I hear that kick, I want to cry <laughs> and kill myself. <laughs> yes. And I mean... I use, a, as I said, I use a lot of orchestral things in my yeah. tracks and, and try to make these um, epic um, breaks. Yeah. So if you're gonna make an epic breaks, I I definitely need a melody in it. And I think it's also a point of um, the thing we talked. It's the creativity thing. Yeah. You said it. Like kicks is um, technically you can make a kick technical. You can learn how to make it. But uh, the creativity is mostly in the in the lead in the melody, and if you have a, a track without any um, any melody, even even the scale is not right. You you know it's there's nothing crea creative behind. All right. In my opinion, so that's why I do it. I mean, yes, the, a lot of a lot of people like listen to less melody in a track. But I still I still need it. I and I, I wanna put something in it yeah. where I can say that's emotion. That's yeah. And it's and nothing is better than like having a hard kick with um, a great melody behind. Right. In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, I also also think um, that gives a track a meaning. You know. Yes. That, um, 
if you if you got 20 absolutely awesome kicks but nothing else it's 20 awesome kicks that's it you know but if you got um also something musical going on then you got a track you know then you got like a piece of music because you can't have a piece of music if you don't have anything musical only rhythmical you know yeah true true, true. so yeah um do, do, do you have sometimes the feeling i mean you know of course like those tracks of all melodies with those banging kicks they are great for the dance floor like, there's no no doubt about it they, they they just work but do you have sometimes that feeling like you know when you get promos from labels and shit and you listen to the new releases that a lot of tracks are like really meaningless or like pointless like that there's actually no reason why the world need them Without like dissing anybody, but like you know, do you have sometimes the feeling when you hear tracks where it's just all about kicks that they seem to be kind of pointless? Yes, I do. I do have this feeling definitely. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes uh, hear a track from a great big artist, and I think like yeah, he made this track maybe two hours, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes you can hear it's more about money. Yeah. Uh, I will. I will get a lot of hate for for that. <laughs> but yes, I think, especially in Raw, there is um, on most of the tracks not a meaning. I think. I mean, even if you take a, a vocal that is maybe a little bit anti or or hate or yeah. I don't know or even. It's it's hard to say, but uh, it's definitely um, that some tracks are meaningless, emotionless. Yeah, yeah, just but, just made for the dance floor. But, yes, yes, yeah. but um, I think I think the time now on in this um, Corona thing is um, the best way of recognize what the difference between a dance floor track and for me a radio track. What I mean. I, I um, on on the festival time last year or the last two years, I always listen to this XLR thing because we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. you think on the party and then right. yeah, let's go to a party again. But if you can't do party, you're gonna. I'm, I'm started to going back to the real hard style thing with melodies and emotion and meaning tracks because you are done with um, only kicks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely true. This time right now, it's actually the best time. Like also for producers now, it's the best time to release uh, really tracks which um, got a lot of meaning because uh, you know on the dance floor, of course, you don't you don't give a shit about like a good story about yes. this about uh, you, you just want to have the kick. Uh, but if you're sitting with like three of your friends in your living room and drinking like beers and just having like some music in the background, you don't want like, you know, for yeah. three hours straight only kicks, you know, <laughs> then this is I think this is the time now where people are at home, where people listen to music when they're in the gym or something, but not on the parties where um, now it's the time to have also some meaning in the tracks and maybe even some melody if you're capable of doing some, you know. Because obviously yeah. not everybody is able of doing that. I think it's it's just it's just a phase, you know. Like now, kick is the most important thing. Yeah. But I think it slowly goes back yeah. because um, it's always it's it's also when you start 
is kind of start where everything goes well. And then there is maybe a big breakdown. If you're going to compare it to um, sales something, um, if you have like quality stuff and um, you're going to start producing it in a, in a quality way, it will go up because people like it, but it's, right. it's pricey because it's quality thing. So then like China will start doing a copy right. thing um, just the cheapest way they can do it. And there is the big breakdown, but it's just a phase. You just need to like um, um, try to keep um, everything right until it goes back again. So it's just this little spot right now. I talked to a producer a few weeks ago and um, he's now really famous. I'm not going to say the name, but he told me like, yeah, you know, I just can't do kicks. I'm I can I'm not really a musician, but I can do kicks, and that's the yeah. key now. Yeah, and he is he will be he's gonna get famer and famer just for kicks. Yes, and I think if he's not gonna um, try to learn music, try to learn and um, putting emotions and stuff in it, he will break down when the phase is over. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 the thing. I think it's it it will change. It will change again. Maybe it's our kicks. Maybe in the future it's leads, sounds, or even like I think it's the best thing is if you're gonna hear Dragonborn Part Three of Headhunters. There's such emotion in it. I think it's one of the most emotional track I've heard. I wanted to start cry when I hear it. I don't know. It's it just put a lot of um, emotion in and with this hard kick he has right now, and it's not a typical hard style kick if you're going to hear it, it's yeah. also like the, in a new style in this in this, in this um, time we are now, it's just a kick that fits yeah. with this um, punchy thing. Um, I think this will be more of the future, you know. I got to check out that track. I didn't know that there was already part two and now three. <laughs> Just remember the original. Yeah, part, part three is about a broken heart because... Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I got to check <laughs> it out. You will hear it. It's really heartbroken. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I also, I kind of agree. I also think like it always goes in cycles, you know, also in hardcore uh, in the 90s, there was also a period of time where everything got very fast and also very kick-driven. And then at some point, also melodies came back. The only problem I see now is like those fucking kicks got so fucking big and massive. Like you know, nowadays it's it's like standard that they're like distorted to shit and like stereo and everything. So there where where I see the problem because I think it disappeared at some point, like the melody on top of the kick because the kicks got just too big. Yeah, there's no and, place for melody. Yes. I yes, and I think I think. Um, this will be very difficult and it, it it probably will be a new style overall, a new genre, because I don't see uh, raw style or I don't see hardcore stepping back with the kicks, you know, going back to smaller kicks. You, you don't go back. It's like, you know, when you play a DJ set, once you, you know, you start at 155, once you're at once 170, you're, you're not yeah. going back to 155. True. Yeah, as a, yeah, yeah, true. I think... Still, but this this kind of hard hard kicks, distorted kicks, they're gonna find a way with the with the new technique, I guess, um, yeah. to um, make both. You know, like take having a hard kick and a good melody behind. I think now 
you are you have a little bit stereo in a kick. I do have it, yeah. especially in the punch. Yeah. And when I have nothing else, just a screech and my kick, I, I like really to make the uh, the punch a little bit more stereo and the distortion, so the high frequencies of the kick also a little bit stereo just to fill yeah. it up. And when the melody kicks in, I'm gonna take the 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 high frequencies um, back to mono again, just to have uh, the fat lead in it, and it's that it's not like fighting each other. But it's difficult, yeah. It's difficult to have a distorted heart um, raw style XLR raw kick and try to put a melody <laughs> over yeah. it. Yeah. it. It's it's. If I mean. Uh, you're gonna start to use side chain. You're gonna start to use even more stereo. I try to separate the channels and everything to um, have a clean sound. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still not gonna sound as loud as maybe you know your more minimal part before with only the kick. Obviously, like just in terms yes. of mastering, if you just but got a kick, that shit will be loud as fuck. But once you put like a big lead on top you already have more dynamics going on you can squash it as much as you want it won't stick in front so True. there there's another yes. problem that i like, think yeah that that's that's why that's why some some tracks are um in my opinion shitty tracks are that popular because it has no no kick melody part so you can like push it to the to the top to the limit yeah. it's just like the loudest thing you ever hear and yeah. loudness is what the people want right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i made i made a track um with someone and um, he was always like yeah yeah we, we need to make it really loud we need to make it really loud because loudness is important and yeah. that's what it is right now you need loudness so if you go so for all producers that are listening now if you want to have a popular track just do, do melody and kick yeah <laughs> so send it to a mastering engineer and they will put your track to the top <laughs> yeah but uh, there's also a big problem um that's where i felt um when like this whole extra extra stuff came up um they've been pushing those kicks to a limit that they all got started sounding very flat you know at that time like you had the let's say regular raw artists um and then like when they came like the gearbox sound came up um most of the kicks were sounded very flat of course not on the big fucking sound system nothing sounds flat there but if you hear it in the studio you think like whoa that kick has no bass you know it's like no warmth nothing it's just like some sub ringing frequency and that's it um of course some of the dudes who pioneered that they kind of improved on that and kind of figured it out how to make those kicks also sound fatter but uh, it's still a big thing i hear still um with the crazy amount of distortion they do with the over extreme la uh, mastering a lot of that shit sounds very flat it sounds like really two-dimensional you know and um well, yeah would you agree on that that like a lot of stuff because of that crazy amount of distortion and clipping and yes 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 um i, I had i had this this discussion a lot because i i've also recognized that this over distorted i mean that you can like push distortion on it of course but you can really over distort something yeah well, a lot of uh, newcomer track that are um, over distorted as fuck you know it sounds on a 
on a big system sounds very cool yeah <laughs> because it's like overly stored and clipping to the top and um, on a big sound system it sounds everyone was like ah, because yeah. you hear you hear this heavy distorted thing uh, but yeah as you said in the studio you can hear very well what is good and what's not and that's the, where, where I, I say every time if you're gonna compare an anger fist track to a newcomer or, or to a track that is already stored you you can definitely hear that the Angfist track sounds on every sound system really, really good. Yeah. It's clean, it's loud, and this over-distorted thing just sound on big sound system good. And if you if you hear it on I don't know studio speakers, you you thinking like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, yeah. that's so true. That's also like um, uh, what you hear quite a lot on up tempo. You know, I'm always amazed that um i hear so little so few up-tempo tracks where like i would say like oh that's a solid kick it's just like maybe one out of 100 right uh but when i'm somewhere at a party and i check out the up-tempo stage it's not that bad you know not that i'm a big fan of that oh. music overall but it's not that bad you know it's like i think like why do I never hear tracks like that uh, when I check out new stuff? But uh, that's the same thing, you know. It's a big system with a lot of bass. Uh, of course, some of them come better, some worse, but they still sound overall okay. But yeah, in the studio, you hear a big difference. True. I mean, I'm a big fan of everything, also up tempo. I, I try. I like up tempo a lot. Uh, but yes, if you're gonna look at the quality thing, it's it's. It's not the same when you compare it to a quality track, but that's um, I think that's that's not necessary for people that are not producing because they don't hear it. That's something you can hear. I mean, I guess, but I guess you know a lot of people feel it. Um, it's you know like a lot of uh, people you talk to, probably also your friends who are not into producing, they like certain tracks over other tracks. And they can't tell you they don't like that track because that kick sounds ugly or that kick has no bass, but they can sure tell you like when the kick comes, they want to move, you know, or they don't want to move, you know. So a lot of people feel it. I mean, like you said, you brought up that um, example like Anger Fist, you know, it's not like he was promoted to shit and like, you know, shoved in people's faces. That's why everybody likes him or like a lot of people like him. It's just, you know, his tracks, uh, like, you know, also his kick back then. I mean, for many years, he had kind of a similar kick, but that just worked. You know, when you hear that kick somewhere, somebody's playing it, you feel it. You feel like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but I think that's the, that, that's the sound design behind the whole track. If you, if you put creativity in it, you can also yeah. use um, this um, over-distorted kick, of course. Why not? But if you can, like, build something create creative around it it's great that's Makes that's the, i think i think we, we talk a lot about what what it should sound or what not but i think if you have something and you put a lot of creativity in it it's yeah. cool yeah. that's why i listen to everything you know i don't judge um the 20 kicks in one track <laughs> when i listen yeah. to it and i think it sounds nice it sounds cool you know i'm not i'm not that that guy that is like no 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 20 tracks no 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 peep kicks or yeah. no laser kicks or no if 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 i listen to this track and i feel it and i think yeah i would dance yeah. to it or i would listen to it uh, in a car it's definitely a good track 
Yeah. Even the quality can be shit if the creativity is right. <laughs> yeah, that happens also sometimes. Uh, happened also quite often to me that um, I hear a track and it's pretty poorly produced, but there is something about it. It's interesting. It's nice, yeah. and you kind of yeah, yeah. you kind of feel it, you know. And then, then there are other tracks which are like really good produced, and you just don't get it. It's like something is not right, and you can't really pinpoint it. So uh, it's a matter of taste. Yeah, true. <laughs> even I mean, even as producer, you're gonna as producer, you're gonna learn what quality is. You're gonna learn where you're gonna have to take an ear on or an eye on. Yeah, but it's still your taste. I mean, I had a lot of, I saw a lot of tracks or heard a lot of tracks that some people say maybe it's, it's, it's the quality is so shit in this track. I don't like it, but I like it because it has something yeah. creative that I like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the, yeah. I mean, at the end, that's where it also separates, uh, like the successful from the less successful producers, because everybody is bringing his taste in, and the more successful producers got a type of taste which more people like, you know, than the less successful. Because um, yeah, there are a couple of guys who are really good producers, but they make such weird shit that's just like a kind of niche market, you know? So there are not too many people who are into that type of music. Yeah, true, true. I think, yes, yes. If you're gonna, if you're gonna jump on the hype train and do still your own thing, you're gonna have success. I mean, I, I know that I, I use a lot of melody and it's it's not i don't usually really that um hard kick sometimes i'm not that successful than others that uh, are that started with me you know mm -hmm. uh but it's it's for me it's still about doing what you like yeah. <laughs> and um i'm also into put a lot of time into a break put a lot of time into a melody yeah it's not it's not the success from this time right now Yep. But I, I'm okay with that. It's still a hobby. Maybe I will have have to jump to the top maybe one day. But it's like if you do what you like or what you have fun, it's yep. the best thing. And if people love my music still, I'm very happy about it. <laughs> mm, is there still sometimes like, do you still sometimes have thoughts about like, you know, you make something which... In your track and you think like okay this uh drop is really cool uh, i really love it but i know it's not gonna work on a dance floor i know like only a few people will like it um do you still go for it or you say like ah, okay i mean i'm not gonna waste my time and throw away all the other parts because i got one part which only i like but i already know that's not gonna work it's mm, difficult to say I had sometimes the feeling of um, when I build a new drop, sometimes I wanted to like have in the in the mid side of the track in the middle that um, to have already a kick melody part because I really like this this yeah. full thing with melody and kick. But then I I remember that on a dance floor people would maybe more like an anticlimax right. with a fake drop in it, and then I. Um, I change end of my track and gonna take and gonna try to make there something people would scream about. Yes. Yeah, that's um that's that's something I wish somebody told me earlier. 
um, you know, when I was uh, still kind of, you know, producing for myself, I was more that guy, like, okay, I like it, I don't give a shit. Or like, you know, I'm gonna do some weird, weird shit, which I know is not gonna fucking work, but I love it, I'm gonna leave it there. And that was kind of a waste of time, because, you know, I made, um, I spent like weeks and weeks on making a track in order for it to get like five plays. Even though I could have made something else which i also absolutely love but i know it kind of would make sense you know and like you know make maybe a breakdown shorter sometimes you make like a cool breakdown and you love it that much and you extend it over two minutes yeah because you love it but yeah sometimes i, I guess i guess if somebody would told me earlier like yeah well you know you should also kind of have an eye on the market don't prostitute yourself you know don't copy shit but uh, you know, if you feel it's not gonna work and you love it, just fucking kill it and do something else. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want success, if 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 you are just doing, you definitely should do have an eye on the market. I had a lot of feedbacks um, on my older tracks that they say like the break is too long. Yeah. Or that that your build up is too long, and um, I'm listening to that. I, I I'm I changed. I made the track. I mean, the typical track now is about two and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> my yeah. tracks my tracks are sometimes six minutes or seven minutes yeah, long yeah. because I wanted to to make a really good transition between yeah. everything, build it up again. Not really something. I, I hear some tracks that are like breakdown vocal melody yeah. <laughs> and i didn't want it to do that but i i started i like doing that in my way so yeah. i tried to make it smaller but still not make it like that right so yeah i think that's what what it what it needs to have if you want success to make that yeah i mean my success is not that big but I still think this is the right way. Well, you were supposed to play DEFCON this year. <laughs> it's not that bad. How's that, by the way? It sucks probably, right? The DEFCON was yeah. cancelled. <laughs> is it postponed? Or uh, well, so you're going to play next year for sure? Or I don't know. Oh, they, you don't know. They told me nothing about that. I guess they, they, they tried to... Um, yeah, to stay, to stay alive, right? To yeah. stay alive until next year. And if they know, they're going to stay alive they will maybe ask me again but i i hear it from somewhere that one have the same lineup yeah I, yeah I will still make my music and try to like reach the guys there to maybe get a spot for next year or right even more so yeah we've been we've been talking about having a little bit an eye on the market um but yeah i also feel like you know it's it's nothing wrong with um you know when you spend like weeks and weeks on making a track to adjust the little variables like you know having maybe one minute instead of two minutes of a breakdown having like a short dj intro instead of a long one uh that will greatly um increase your chances that your track will be heard and i mean yeah. if you just make music for yourself you know just leave it on your hard drive listen to it in your basement it's all good you know then you don't need to create an artist profile go through fucking hell to make like social media and shit like that and also of course you make a track because you want the track to be heard and maybe if you're lucky also to be liked 
So, and I guess uh, it's, it's a valuable thing because, um, especially like beginners, and that included me too. So, I was like that too. Uh, it's like, no, nah, I'm gonna do it my way. And it's like, fuck that. If they don't like it, I don't give a shit. I like it and stuff. And it's such a stupid thing to, to think that way. It took me many years to, to learn that. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you if you want to have um, success again for an as an artist, you not you not need only a cre creative mind. You also need like this business thinking and know how to social media, how to promote yourself, how to sell yourself better. Yeah. You need to sell yourself, <laughs> like. But you need a good product too. <laughs> I mean, you need a good product. You need too. a good product too. So you need both. What what I did and um, is to give away my social media to a social media manager that is like doing every social media thing for me and I can take more focus on music. Yeah. That's that's also like a business mind. If you have if you have money that is floating in your business, you one part of the money to put it somewhere else, like social media, and um, you can focus more on your product. So you need someone that is working for you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of and course, if you if course. you if you're if you're not like um overworking, if you don't want to overwork yourself, I mean I had a time that many people told me like you work too much, you if you're gonna go home and you plan social media and wanna produce and wanna learn again. I'm also studying system engineering right now, so it was everything together and working. It was uh, sometimes way too much, and then you are going straight into a burnout. What I didn't have, but I was really shortly before that, um, and it was still my hobby. You know, I mean, I, I took my hobby way too far. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I started to try to like taking people that helps me and put that thing away that I don't like the most. Because if you're a real producer, you, you want to make music. Yeah, yeah, that's also so valuable. I mean, I know. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of artists, or I know especially one artist that hates social media. His music, his quality is like the best thing I've ever heard. But um, he don't like to do social media, so he's um, he's still a small fish in the yeah. in the pool. <laughs> Uh, that's that's part of it that's part of it you can make the best track in the world if nobody knows that it exists it's a waste of time uh, yes. so um marketing and also kind of you know, brand building if you will that's that's super important it's easier if you got good tracks to back it up and i mean if you really look to like the very top right i mean you maybe don't like that style their music but what they all got in common they mostly make better tracks most of them don't even make tracks but they got their name on better tracks you know so uh, there's everything in place so i guess with shitty tracks you can't go as far with social media uh, but you know if you got good tracks and you got everything else in place i guess you can go pretty far True. would you agree yeah yes yes you, you need yeah as you said you need just everything yeah i mean it's it's the best it's it's just the you, you need an open mind you need to learn how to media and to produce and to sell yourself and to i think time management is also pretty 
important if you um, want to have a normal life besides. Yes, yes, yes. Especially if you're not doing it full time, you know. Yes, yes. Especially if you got a, a job going on next to your, um, you know, music stuff, you know. But even, yeah, we talked with other people on that podcast already. Like, for some reason, a lot of guys... You know, they got a regular job, they working on their music, building up their career. So they're really hustling. And at that point where they come to the point where they quit their job, so they're like full-time producer DJs, that's for a lot of people the point where they don't improve anymore. So for some reason, they got all the time in the world. You know, they play on a Saturday from, you know, Sunday till next Saturday. They're kind of free. So, but that's the point where they don't improve and they don't get too much productive maybe the first year they're gonna release a lot of tracks but the second year they it, for a lot of people it goes down for some reason probably it's also a time management thing you know so if they don't have too much time they make it count and if they have like you know the whole week to make to work on music you know maybe they only hit the studio on the first day <laughs> for the first time yes it's i think it's also a point of if you if your target is to um to make music production as your main job and you reach that point where you quit your job, I mean, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you reach the point. So you will not to reach more than because you have what you want. Also true. Also true. Yeah. Then you need a new goal to keep hustling. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you need a new goal. But... <laughs> Maybe maybe if you if you plan your future, you should not start taking the goal to make this as main job. Just taking the goal to reach a top. And if your normal job is maybe takes too much time, maybe then you can quit. But then you still not reach the goal. Yeah, yeah. But you never know. You know, especially times like this right now. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are happy that they still got their. Uh, main job you know <laughs> a lot of guys are very happy at the moment yeah i'm also very happy <laughs> my normal yeah. job yes <laughs> yeah 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 because um you know i know a couple of guys they haven't made a cent since march so we are like you know half for the past half year they didn't have any income at all and uh that's uh very tough that's very tough, tough. For, for it is. a lot of people uh, yeah it's it's that's also again a thing of planning something if you plan to make music in future you just need a backup yeah so i mean i do also um study i try to have um a certificate for engineering to um have a backup when i when the time has come when i can make this to my main job but still then i don't want to like make it 100% maybe 20% yeah. still work for something and because that's that's the better money in my opinion because this money comes every month yeah and in music it's it's different it's very different and i guess um you know unless you do some popular genre you know you do something like uh, edm or stuff um if you really want to make music as a career and um, you really want to do that for the rest of your life, you better work on your fucking skills. Because a lot of DJ careers, they take a while till they get to a point, maybe, you know, five to ten years. Then they are there 
And a lot of them are only going on on the top for like a couple of years and then it goes down. And, uh, you know, then, uh, you know, for those who kind of got skills, they can do other shit, you know, they, you know, so I, I never been a full-time uh, DJ, but I'm since over 10 years full-time producer because, you know, I know a lot of other shit, you know, and I know a lot of guys who've been full-time for 20 years, and if their career comes to an end now, they're fucked because they can't do anything yeah. else except of hardcore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody comes over and says, like, I want to record vocals, I don't know how that works. Can you mix, like, a pop record? No, I don't know how that works. I only do hardcore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can you, you know, some rapper comes over, like, yeah, I need a hip-hop beat. Uh, I'm going to pay you. No, I don't know how that works. I only do hardcore, you know. So, um you know, if you really want to make it like a long-lasting career, I would say you really got to get your skills like overall, not yes. only suitable for like hard dance music, but overall you should be able to make like an okay product and every other thing. You don't have to be great because, you know, you're going to get great at what you're doing when you got to do it, but uh, you have to be okay pretty much everywhere, I guess, to survive. Yeah. So. True. In hardcore, like going full time or even raw style, it's kind of a gamble because only with that, I don't think anybody will come to the point where he says, okay, after the DJing is over, I'm, I'm set. So I'm good. I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think you need, you need an eye for seeing something that can make you, you can make big. Like if you see a, a singer, or a songwriter and you see and maybe it's, it's a beautiful person and 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 if you're gonna look at her or him and you can say like i can sell him really good yeah so that's where the skill gonna start with seeing um potential in someone you can maybe produce and then you have then you you need like um good good um a, a good um how yeah you need you need good connections and a good hand for talking to yeah. this person like trying to get this person for yourself and sell it sell yeah. him her it's still such a gamble i wouldn't take on something like that really i mean i know it's a uh, very popular and it's been done pretty successfully in our scene you know where they take somebody say <clears throat> him like you are now dj sexy bastard here are here's your first album listen through it because you're gonna play it you know so <laughs> and you know so this is your look and you know they they create him you know they just pick one dude and say like you're this and that now next week you are the biggest headliner it's been done very successful but it's like if you got to rely on one person and you build something around one person you know which is also the face, so you can't even take them out. If it would be somebody with a mask, okay, fine. Uh, there are so many variables. Like in three weeks, he says like, oh, no, I got a new girlfriend. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be at home and shit. So it's a big risk, which a lot of people are taking. And, you know, it's been done successfully, but I guess like, you know, out of every hundred, they try to do it. Only like a couple of them really get really seriously behind it projects yeah. like that yes, yes. you need to know this person very well so you need yes. to yes. yeah, yeah 
and you need to you need to give them the you know the contract that they're basically your slaves so <laughs> it's like like modern slavery yeah it is but i think it was it, it's a modern i think it was was um since the beginning of music the music is yeah slavery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but uh some of them they got contracts like that like um i know one guy i talked to him like ooh. <laughs> So it's it's like a slave, like you know, it's like bitch, your ass is mine. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. That's why you should always pay attention on the contract. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um do you have any type of um production advice for production like, you know, advice? Yeah, yeah. Something that you learned throughout the years where you would say like that would have changed my life if I knew that earlier. Um, never be happy with your sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking good. That's fucking good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never think it's good enough. Yeah. I yeah. mean, just try to improve it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And don't oversell yourself. It's the worst thing. You know, I hate it's, it. Like when sell people. Sell yourself, yes. No, Do oversell. It. Like, you know, when every time somebody's sending me like a link and it's like, dude, you, dude, you gotta check it out. It's the bomb. It's like absolute fire. It never is. It never is like, you know, somebody sending a track. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's good, but not really sure. Can I check it out? Then you hear and you say, yeah, man, that's really good. But yeah. every time somebody is like really overselling, it's like the greatest thing. It's a hit. And, you know, it yeah, never is. Stay down to earth and never be happy. <laughs> yeah. Try to have uh, another life besides producing. <laughs> it's also a good one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you will never, you know, if you if you have life besides, you never are done with it because it's it's like starting after a week of um, vacation, starting again making music. Your creativity is way bigger. You and you are you have also you don't have to frustrate yourself because. Um, You can tell, like, if you if you start a track and you're stuck in it, you can just tell, like, okay, I'm gonna take it by side, then go to the gym, take time with your girl or your pets, or do something you like besides that, and try it again after some hours, some days, some weeks. What are you doing in your free time? Well, I am. Um, I'm going to gym. I play ice hockey. I have a girl that takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. And then since last Friday, I have two cats. Yeah. So I have I have a little bit of life besides producing. And I still producing um, tracks. So the time is here. If you if you wanted to do it, the time is here. You I mean the the saying I don't have time is not it's not a thing. You, yeah. have, you have time if you want. Yeah, yeah. If you have time to watch TV, you definitely have time to produce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you don't have time, you make time. Yeah. <laughs> time management. Yeah, sleep an hour less, wake up an early hour earlier. Yeah. Not, not really. Maybe try to be more. Um, I don't know. Try to work cleaner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I use, I have my own sample packs. I have like, uh, where I put like every sample I use in every track. So yeah, that's a workflow. It's make yeah. your workflow easier and you are 
faster in producing. You work with templates? Like when you start no. a track, do you got a template open already? No, I just have my start samples. Okay. And um, then, have you tried working with templates? I want to try it. Yeah, I, I just I don't know when I start FL Studio, I want to work on a track. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, you it's it's just a one-time thing. You create it, but you know, you got already your channels named. You know where where everything is. You got the colors set up, maybe the routing, like everything, like drums go to that bus, since to that. So once you start, you got it already open, and you just drop your shit in there. That's like a big time saver, actually. Yes, yes. I've planned to do it because I, I was searching for a very searching. I was trying out um, the fattest lead I can make with my style, with my own presets I did yeah. in Silent One, as example. And now I think I, I got it already. And now I can make a template out of it because I want to have like the same lead sounds in every track. Yeah. So the, 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 there is the point I will start using templates, but before that, you are still trying out, so you don't want to have like a, a template of I don't know lead sounds that is still not good. No, no, but I mean, on, no, not really even like loading already up sounds, more already like <laughs> organizing the session, because you know in every session you will have uh, a couple of kick channels, right? Yes. Yeah. Session, you will have like probably a bunch of lead sounds which probably go to one bus. So, yes, you can yes. set that already up. This. So, you just fill in with uh, your new sounds and whatever. But you know, you save already time by naming, putting the colors, and you know, so just already start it organized. That saves a lot of time, true, true fact. But in in my case, it will uh, change my workflow because I'm I'm a big mess. <laughs> I, yeah, that might help to to, always... to work against it. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my projects are really. I I think if another producer is gonna watching, he was like, "Man, <laughs> I hope your room doesn't look like that." <laughs> so if I'm gonna start organize something, my whole workflow will change. But I, I'm I'm planning to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe maybe it's worth that you know the workflow change i mean it also depends if uh, you know you don't waste too much time uh looking searching for shit in your mess that's fine but um you know i definitely remember times where my shit was completely unorganized and once the session got a little bit bigger i spent more time finding something than uh like actually making progress with with the production so might help a little bit. It might help. Yeah, I, I'm planning to do that. <laughs> do you have some pro uh, business advice for the people who are watching? Business advice? Yeah. Ooh, um, plan your social media. Plan before you post something. Um, and maybe if you're not English, check it first. And don't post something with wrong English in it. That's unprofessional. Try to look professional because event organizers are always looking at the social media and also labels looking at the social media. And if this looks professional, it's always a good point. I mean, as um, I know some some label manager that are um, rejecting demos when they even don't found the social media right. or if the social media looks like shit or if the 
the way of social media is bad. I mean, it's also a thing if you're gonna um, if you're gonna stay online, if you if your face is the the thing of your product, you need to um, plan your own social media. It's like in your tracks, you need your own tracks and you need your own kind of social media. That's yeah. also a really difficult point to find how you're gonna sell yourself because it should be unique. Yeah. Um, I'm also not really into it, but I'm working on that to make my social media more unique. Yeah. Really good point. Really good point. Comes Thanks. again back to marketing, you know, and the label is interested, you know, if your music is good, but, you know, will people also listen to that? And if your social media is shit, probably the good track will get um, not coming through the noise with all the other tracks. True. All right. Any final words? You want to plug something? Something coming up? Mm. No, nothing to plug. <laughs> All right, Danny. Then uh, thank you very much for your time. This thank has you. been great. And we stay in touch. Yes, of course. All right, boys and girls, this is it for the 19th episode of the Heart Dance Producer Network podcast. Don't forget, this podcast is also available on every podcast portal that you can imagine. Among them also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if it still exists, yeah, and all the other ones. So if you are a real podcast listener and you got already some podcast app going on, definitely make sure you subscribe to the Heart Dance Producer Network podcast. And if you're already listening somewhere on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something like that, uh, while you're at it, if you haven't done it already, leave a review, leave a rating, whatever your service allows. It is highly appreciated. And don't forget, this podcast is also available as a video on YouTube, youtube.com slash General Next week, we are back with another episode. Up until then, I will say thank you very much for tuning in and I see you next week. Bye bye.